You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching, we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Welcome. So good to be in your company as always. This is Karen with the Your Jewish Life Your Way podcast. And I just love this time of day where I get to record podcasts for you, with you, about you. So welcome. And as always, if you've got anything to say in response to the podcast, DM me at Your Jewish Life. I love hearing from you. Today is a really special episode for me because I am sitting down with two of my gorgeous members from my private members club for Jewish women, Smashing Life. I'm sitting down with Erin and Maggie and the reason I invited gorgeous Erin and gorgeous Maggie onto the podcast is I thought it was about time that we delved into an episode about converting to Judaism and they've both converted to Judaism for different reasons they met in Smashing Life and in fact we've got a sub-community inside Smashing Life that was started by some of our members who'd converted called the Convert Club where members who have converted or in the process of converting connect and share stories in a way that I could never facilitate because I haven't converted myself. So it's really amazing what's happening inside Smashing Life but Besides what's happening in Smashing Life, this episode is very much about the ups and downs of conversion, really honest accounts of the whole process from the moment the thought entered Erin and Maggie's head to their lives now, converted. Um, There's loads of tips for you if you're considering converting or already in the process. I hope also it gives another wider understanding to what do we call Jews who are born Jews. I know there's a specific term, there's Jews by choice and Jews by birth. I don't know how it is, but if you're a Jew by birth, again, someone DM me and tell me what the correct phrase is. I hope this will help you understand how you can be really inclusive of people who are converted if you're not already. I think that will help. It's just a great must-listen episode. You're going to fall in love with Erin and Maggie. It is for you going to be extra useful if you've converted or you are converting or you've even considered converting or you just want to better understand what it's like being a convert in the Jewish world and how we can work to be more inclusive and welcoming. So let's dive in with gorgeous Erin and Maggie. So welcome Maggie and Erin. It's such a thrill to have members of my Smashing Life community on the podcast today. Yay. <laughs> Hello. Tell me, so Erin is in America, Maggie is in Australia. That's how we roll. We've all managed to <laughs> meet at a good time-ish. I know for some of you it's early morning, some of you it's late night, but that is, you know, we're a global community and it's just such a thrill to have you both here. I think it's about time we did an episode on converting to Judaism, your conversion stories to inspire and help women who are maybe a few steps behind you, or maybe women that are even converted like you two, but just, you know, want to connect and listen and share. So I'm really excited for today's episode. 
And I thought a great place to start would be by asking you both, let's start with with Maggie. When did you first become interested in Judaism? What was it about it that appealed to you? And then I'd love to hear from you, Erin, as well. Yeah, so I started looking into Judaism about two years ago. And the funny thing is that I don't actually remember what exactly led me to look into it. So growing up in Argentina, I did have Jewish friends, especially in primary school, but I didn't really know much about what Judaism was or anything. And I think it had something to do, like two years ago, I was thinking of going overseas to do a PhD, which I I didn't and then ended up changing plans. I remember looking at different university rankings and I think seeing a few universities in Israel. And I, I have this feeling that probably because of that, I started reading more about Israel. And I think I sort of like fell into this tangent, this like endless, well, following different Jewish content creators and learning more about all the different perspectives in Judaism. And yeah, I just keep going. I feel that I, I'm usually interested in lots of different topics, but Usually I read a little bit about it and that's it. I move on to the next thing. But there is something with Judaism that just kept me coming back. There is just so much more to learn and experience. And yet, I, I guess the rest is history. How about you, Erin? Well, I guess kind of similar. Like it's hard to pick a starting point. People talk about having a Jewish soul. And I feel that like converts, we find that we've had it all along. And maybe it's not something we've fully noticed or realized, but like eventually we come to see that it's like, it's just been there. Like, so there's a lot of my parts of my life, like thinking even way back, it's like, oh, well, you know, if maybe things had been different, I would have started here or here or here. But my mm-hmm. official story started in mid 2018. And when I met my partner and their Jewish community, their family, something really clicked. It was just being able to be in Jewish community, the joy, the holidays, the way that people came together. It really clicked with me. I loved studying. I loved going to Shabbat services. The second time I met my partner's family was at a Passover dinner. So I really just dove right in. And was there moments in your journeys towards deciding to convert where you had doubts? I think for me, the biggest thing was with my family. I was raised in a Christian household, pretty fundamentalist. I'm going to be very honest here. I had some tough conversations with my family, but in the end, like I had to know that I'm making this decision for myself. My family like will love me through it, And however they want to, because they have to go on their own journeys. But I know that this is right for me. It was hard, but it was worth it. It's it's worth it. Like I, I can't say anything else. It's just, it's worth it for sure. So there are, in in your case, Erin, would you say there were obstacles or was it something, you know, challenges that you knew were going to be part of it, that you had no doubt you were going to face and overcome because you wanted to be Jewish, to, to build a life with your partner. And that's what you, that was the vision. And, or was it more complicated than that? Um, I kind of, I, 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 I could see them coming for sure. They weren't really surprised. I mean, the small questions sometimes were a surprise. Just really giving myself a place to say like, 
either I'm not in a space to talk about this with you right now, or you know what? I don't know. Let me think about it for a bit and come back to you with an Such answer. Such great answers. Such yeah. great answers. And sometimes there were answers. You know, sometimes sure. the answers are like very come fast and easy. But giving myself a place to be like, you know what? I'm like converting is a process. It's, you know, you don't just decide one day and everything is all set and you've learned everything you need to learn. I mean, being Jewish is a lifetime's journey. So it's understandable that, at least I tell myself, it's understandable in the early parts to not have all the answers. That's that's the whole part of it. It's Conversion is a maybe not an answer-finding process, but a self-finding process, a process to learn more, uh, like certainly, but also learn what you don't know. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to come to you, Maggie, but I just love that so much because so often we feel constrained by the right way to do things or getting things wrong. And I love how you talk about we're learning, we're all learning, everybody's learning. And what a sad life if you think you've got nothing nothing left to learn. So I absolutely love that. And, and Maggie, how about you? Did you find any challenges during your decision to convert? I, I took it slowly. I think that's also something that I would advise to people. There's no hurries. Like some people take a year, some people take two, three, a lifetime. There, there were people in the conversion course that had been considering for like 40 years or something. And now they found that they were at a time in their lives where it made sense. So I think when whenever you are feeling, I don't know, either doubts or maybe less connected, you can always take either breaks or, or just take it slower. There's going to be weeks where you're full in spending all your free time watching Jewish documentaries and other weeks where you might be busy with university and like you might think of it less. I think it's the whole process is, is part of the conversion. In, in terms of like my family, I think uh, I'm definitely very grateful that my family was definitely very supportive from from the start. Well, initially I didn't really tell them, but as soon as I did, they were definitely very, very open-minded about it. I guess a little bit about my upbringing. So my, my family is not really very religious, but primary school, I went to a public school and I had uh, lots of different friends from, from different religions and, and ethnicities. And then high school, I did go to a Catholic school. I was, I was involved with, with religious life there. But now, if I think back at those times, I, I always remember praying to, to God. So I, I, I never really prayed to other entities or anything. I don't think I was against it necessarily, but it just didn't come naturally to me. So there's all these like points in your journey that once you look back, then things make sense. And it's like, yes, I could have found Judaism earlier. And it's, it's funny what you were saying, Erin, as well, that it's hard to look back and remember what your old self would have thought or what you would have known. I feel like now it it's, it's sort, of, sort of like all you know. In, in terms of your decision, I think a lot of people, and you know, I want to come on later to what the, the Jewish community can do to be more accepting to converts. But one of the things that I think comes up a lot is people assume that you've converted for marriage 
maybe naively, Erin, I thought that was your case because I met you in Bride's Club when you were you were converting. And I just assumed. And I think this is a great conversation for, for you both to talk about it. So let's start with, with Maggie, because obviously that's not for sure not your reason. <laughs> so what would you say to, to people that in the Jewish community that assume that? Yeah. That's well, why people so convert. <laughs> I feel like my story is almost the opposite. So my my partner is not not Jewish, and that's kind of like another whole story. And sorry, definitely there's so all different reasons why people find initially Judaism. Some people don't even remember how they find it, but then it's always through a personal connection that that keeps people going through the journey. It's a long journey, so people wouldn't go through it just for very practical reasons. And also, it doesn't really matter what first brings you to convert like like Erin said like Judaism it's a life journey and what brought you initially might not be what keeps you connected throughout the way so yeah I think that that's what I would say there's so many different stories uh, even uh, within the conversion class like there yeah and I would like to take this opportunity to tell anyone listening never to ask that question you know never to assume Erin what would you say <laughs> Yeah, Karen saw me nod. Yes, please do not ask that question. It was something I honestly struggled with because I I did find Judaism through my partner and their wonderful family. And I think that's part of it. It's just like sometimes that's your end to the Jewish community. And that was something I had to almost accept because it is the stereotype for people like, oh, if you converted, you converted for marriage. And I I thought back kind of to our spiritual ancestor, Ruth, like she's, she's the first, well, <laughs> it's complicated, but she's the first example of like a conversion from people to people. Abraham and Sarah are also considered by some to be converts because they weren't Jewish and God said you were Jewish now, but not exactly, but kind of similar, but Ruth, she converted for love in her case. She loved Naomi so much, her mother-in-law, that she said, no, I, I want to go with you. So I took a lot of solace in like one of our most famous converts said, no, I want to go with you. I, your people are my people. So like, it's not strange that I saw the Jewish people and I said, your people are my people. I think, you know, to people like me and you know a, a lot of the Jewish community what we see in films or sex in the city or whatever that it's this or what we hear about is that this is this really long drawn out process that goes on for years and why how, how on earth why would anybody want to do that if it wasn't like to marry the love of their life you know that's the sort of thing that we hear that I'd like you know you to to address because it, it's obviously not the way and we you know and there's that isn't that is it a myth or is it true that rabbis notoriously turn you down three times just to be sure that you really do want to convert <laughs> funny because for me it's almost like I almost wish that I had a more practical reason to tell because it's even harder when people ask me like okay so why did you convert I need to go into all this tangent that I don't even not remember like what first brought me to Judaism so it's almost the, the inverse it's like I wish I had like a very fast practical answer to give and then move on to the rest of the conversation <laughs> yeah well it's, I have somewhat a similar thing because like I have a very practical reason but saying just that 
like feels very much like not the full story. Yes. Well, how far, how much, how long do you have? Because I can go and talk about like my childhood and my personal religious beliefs and like the way that I see the world and, you know, (laughs) to, to get to where I am. But yeah, I guess there is the nice of, I can say like, oh, I, I met my partner in the Jewish community through them. It is just, I think for most converts and, and this is what I don't see so much on media, like on media, I feel like it is very much like, oh, this person meets the love of their life. And they're almost like begrudgingly a lot of times, or maybe not begrudgingly, but they're like, because of you, I will do this. And like, I love you so much and our love will carry us through. But I know as a convert who came to be a part of a Jewish community through my partner, I had to have the very realistic question, like, if this doesn't work out with my partner, because mm. we were just dating when I started, like, if this doesn't work out with my partner, what, where does that leave me? Does that leave me feeling the same way? Because I think if the answer was no, if it, oh, I wouldn't feel the same way without my partner. For me personally, that was something I would have been uncomfortable converting for, because that would be just converting for my partner. Yes. When you said, you asked about like, whether it's true that like rabbis reject you three times, et cetera. So I would say it's not really true in my experience, although I do find refreshing that Judaism doesn't proselytize. Um, So in my initial conversations with rabbis, everyone told me the same to take my my time to to think through it carefully to study to for example join one of these intro to Judaism courses no strings attached as well so there are people in the course that the first half of the year they didn't know whether they wanted to convert or not they just wanted to learn more and yeah I think it's just a, a refreshing new perspective compared to to other Absolutely. other religions. I had pretty much the same experience. I mean, I felt like there were some ways where like maybe the rabbi wasn't saying no, but you do get those questions like, why are you? And it does feel maybe not like you're being judged, but it's an open-ended question. And some of those ends could be, oh, I don't know that this is right for you. But, But yeah, I also didn't have like a rabbi just be like, no. And then I have to go back a few weeks later and, and have the rabbi be like, no, again. <laughs> <laughs> like that scene. I will say though, I've, I've heard a few people sometimes be worried if they, for example, message a synagogue and the synagogue doesn't reply. They think that maybe they're being tested or et cetera. But I also would say like there are times during the year that are very busy for <laughs> synagogues and emails get lost. So I would say like, keep trying. If you don't hear any response, Obviously, depending on the security protocols, you might not be able to walk into a service, but you can also always pass by, ask to speak to a rabbi, you can call, you can email. There's different ways of approaching. And just the fact that you didn't get an answer initially doesn't mean that that, that they don't want you there. So before we move into the conversion process, what tips do you each have for someone who is considering converting and maybe just hasn't quite reached that decision yet. They're in the considering phase. I think it sounds like we both had kind of an intro to Judaism type course that we attended at every synagogue I've heard of. Like they're not labeled as a conversion course. They're usually, it's just, here is some stuff about Judaism. And I think that's a good spot to start. It'll give you a lot of the 
because many Jewish people had a Jewish education growing up. And it'll let you kind of get a taste of what that was like. And it'll also kind of give you an end to to meet some people, which would be my other suggestion. Like, try and be in Jewish community in one way or another. You will be a Jewish individual if you decide to convert. But Judaism is so communal that I think that, like, having a community is just so important. On that note, I've just got to share uh, one of the most heartwarming stories that I've ever experienced running Smashing the Glass Brides Club, Smashing Life. So Smashing Life stemmed from my original community brides club, which is where I met Erin when she was engaged. It's also a wonderful Jewish community, but it's for for brides-to-be. And in that community, we had someone called Maggie. I don't know if you remember Maggie. And she joined Brides Club when she was engaged to be married. She wasn't Jewish, but her fiance was. And she just hadn't hadn't decided yet uh, what she was going to do. And I'll never forget, she posted one day, she said, I've, I have decided to convert. And one of the, the main reason being the warmth and love I felt from this Brides Club community has inspired me to, to to convert. And that was just an amazing feeling, you know, because it is, it's not just about the nuts and bolts, is it? I mean, far from it being Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> I had already decided to convert by the time I joined Brides Club, but the Brides Club and then later Smashing um, Life, the community there means so much to me because I have I have a like a lovely Jewish community, but it's it's pretty small. I live in a fairly small town in like a very not Jewish area of the country. There's we exist, we are everywhere, but like it's pretty tight knit. And just getting to meet so many Jewish people from all over the world, like it was so cool. I would I could be like, well, my Jewish friends in London uh, like say that they do it this way. And, or like, you know, like my Jewish friend in Israel, like she shared this recipe. Like it was yeah. just, it's just really, really cool. Yeah. So I, I personally, I'm part of a big congregation, but at the same time, I was also craving having more young people around me. And I think this community has definitely given me that. So there's women from all, all, all ages, all walks of lives, all countries. And I love how Judaism really has so many perspectives to it so living a Jewish life you might one day connect to it through food another day through music and culture and friendships and I feel like throughout my life I will probably connect in many different ways and Smashing Life has all of those ingredients people talk very openly about their issues practical considerations what they do for this holiday etc I think a Jewish life as much as it's religious and theoretical, it's also very practical. And I guess when you're converting, you should also think of the practical things. However, don't feel like you need to have all the answers right now. So you have all your life to figure out also all the little details of how you want to live your life. And I love how Karen encourages people to be authentic, to be open about how they feel about their authentic and unique Jewish life and to keep exploring and experimenting and all through keeping that Jewish pride alive. So yeah, thanks Karen for all, all you do in this community. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Can I say one last thing about, sorry. Absolutely. I just absolutely go well, for it. I like, 
I can't talk about Smashing Life without specifically talking about we have a convert club, which was created specifically because we had some people who were in the process of conversion who wanted to talk very openly about the process of converting because it's, you know, it can be long. There could be things that come up that you want to have like a, a, you know, you want to be around people who are either in the same boat as you or have been in that boat. And I can't say enough how just wonderful and comforting it was to have so many converts to talk to. Because in my community, there are some, but not many. And just the friendships that I made in Convert Club, the ability to talk really openly about, you know, some of the stuff that's harder or to ask questions that are very specific. Like, I don't know any of the prayers. How do I figure out the prayers? That's right. (laughs) Um, Specific stuff that maybe also there's some conversations that, you know, obviously I see being an admin, but it's just, I couldn't possibly comment on it. I can't, you know, it's a specific space where actually you're the experts to help each other and yeah, it's and and weren't you one of the founding members, Erin? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we we were running Smashing Life. You know, it's a very much a membership, a Jewish community where the members make it. You know, you tell us what we, we want, we create it. And there was this need, as Erin and a few others realized, for a safe sort of sub-community, a safe space for converts. They named it the Convert Club, and it's just been the it's such a hit. And what wonderful people in there. yeah and it's yeah it's just it's been so nice to have a place where sometimes there's things that are specific to being a convert and like you're not ready to share that with the world you will you want a soft space to to test it out and just to be around people who even the most like when you feel like it's the silliest question or the most maybe I don't know if taboo is the right word but like just you have people who are there and can be like, oh yes, I went through this or like, yes, I feel this. You're not alone because you're, you're trudging a new path to a path to Judaism, but one that has veered off from not being born Jewish, which, you know, so many, (laughs) most of the Jews in the world were, most of the Jewish people in the world were born Jewish. And so like finding that new path and being able to meet people who were on that path as well that you thought you were on alone yeah exploring this new identity um it really is what it is and um i think also special about smashing life is that there's converts that um converted through different movements within uh, judaism and sometimes you don't get enough exposure if you join a specific congregation uh, to how all the other jews in the world think so that's something really special about the community and obviously yeah. Smashing Life is known for being inclusive, but how can the sort of wider Jewish community, do, what can we do to be more accepting to converts? Let's let's get it out there, you know? I think that one of the things for me is that when people always assume, they ask questions that assume that you have been Jewish your whole life, like in grown up in a Jewish community, sometimes those can be alienating. So, you know, asking questions in a way that, you know, someone who has only been Jewish for a few years could still have an answer. 
you know, like in our get to know you sessions, a young Jewish person's meetup, like not just assuming that we all got to have a Bubby who made like a great matzo ball soup every Passover. Maybe not that, but asking like, what's your favorite? Like you, one of the questions you asked is what's your favorite Jewish food? Um, and a lot of the things. And I think that's a great one because, you know, even before I was Jewish, I could, I would have an answer to that. Even if I found out later that it wasn't my Jewish, my favorite Jewish food, I could, you know, I could say like, oh, I love bagels and locks because that's just something that you can get in, <laughs> in most cities in the world. So I think having questions, which is, I know a lot to ask for people who are leaders to like, the leaders have so much to think about, but like maybe thinking that you might have a convert or two in the group that you're talking to. Absolutely. And you, Maggie? Yeah. So I think like maybe thinking of it just like you would think of naturalization into a country. So I'm also an expat. I'm also an immigrant to Australia. I moved here like six, seven years ago. And I also might not share the same cultural references. Like I might not have watched the same cartoons growing up or whatever. But as the years go by, I, I'm building more of an identity here. I'm getting more shared experiences. So I think it's a bit similar. So sometimes I think like maybe the comparison that I would make is someone, for example, whose parents are Argentinian, but they've never been to Argentina, for example. Are they Argentinian or not? So they are Argentinian. So there's so many different elements that would help contribute to have a certain identity. So I remember in, in the course, when one of the first classes that we had in the course, the rabbi went through a long list of things that are pretty important for a Jewish identity from different liking different type of food, knowing how to read Hebrew, following Jewish news, like so many different elements that by itself, by themselves, wouldn't define someone as Jewish clearly. They wouldn't be enough by themselves. But and she made this analogy of a table that needs to have at least three a table that needs to have at least three legs for example it doesn't matter what material they are made of you need to have a few but you can pick your own and that's something that is really beautiful about Jewish life it's like there's so many different perspectives to look at, at into to look into it from and I would say that I guess like when you approach uh, another Jewish person know that they might not share all the same ones with you but especially over time they'll start developing more and more of them. I love that. Sorry. I, I love that so much. That's such a great like illustration. Thank you for sharing. And I just wanted to add in, you know, as a, what did you say? Jew, a born Jew or something? Is that the label? Is that the, <laughs> but I just want to add in that we should all, everyone is as Jewish as each other and not to feel that there's any sort of lesser Jewishness with someone who's converted it's so easy to make someone who's converted feel like that and just feel like, even if you don't make them feel like that, you feel like that about them. I really hope, you know, I can encourage people to just get rid of that judgment because we're, we're as Jewish as one another and, and collectively we're so powerful and can achieve so much more together. So let's leave those sort of limiting beliefs and silly judgments to one side and enjoy one another <laughs> you can remember that for example like Ruth 
the the first convert that Erin mentioned, she ended up being one of the, the well, no, sorry, King David ended up being one of her descendants. <laughs> and during the course, I remember someone mentioning that, and it's like a yeah small detail, but it shows that all throughout biblical history, even there's been people that convert to Judaism that joined the path, and and they were always welcome. I really liked what you had to say, Karen, because I think that a lot of times converts, you know, like we can feel like less than because of some preconceived notions. So I think if other, if other Jews could kind of remember that and come in with kind of a, an understanding that like, that would be so helpful. Cause I know that that was one of the things I struggled with. And I eventually had to be like, I am a Jew and I am just as much of a Jew as anyone else. Like I've done the work that I needed to do personally, like as someone who wasn't lucky enough to be born into a Jewish family, I've done the work. I've gone through a conversion process and like, I am a Jew. And so a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. May I just, may I just add that in terms of that sort of imposter syndrome or whatever, that I think the work starts with ourselves. So we can easily say, oh, you know, when I was around that person and they just made me feel like I wasn't Jewish enough. Well, maybe you actually don't think that you're Jewish enough, you know, and it's about realizing that you are and people will say what they say, but you know what you are and who you are, like you just said when you had that moment where you're like, you know, and you sort of stood, a, you sat a little taller when you said that. And it really does. So, you know, if, if, if someone's listening and they are having those thoughts, maybe do the hard work of actually unpicking it yourself so that mm. you don't feel those things. People will say things, people will do things. Every Jew sometimes doesn't feel Jewish enough, no matter what there, but it's up to us to feel what we are and know what we are. Yeah. I think I've, I saw that some, when I met people who were born Jewish, but like, you know, they, they didn't go to synagogue much as a kid. And so they didn't know like the prayers that a lot of Jewish people know. And like, they're like, oh, I, I don't know that I feel Jewish enough, but I saw in myself like, oh no, you're, you're definitely Jewish. <laughs> and so that I could have the same feelings about myself. Like I might not have the same experiences, but I'm Jewish. Yeah. And one of the tricky things is that I know that some Jewish people will not consider me Jewish because I converted reform. And that was just something I had to come to terms with and just be like, I'm still Jewish. Like, that's okay. Yeah. It's not a situation where every single Jew on the planet has to say, yes, Erin is, you know, we can't live needing that sort of validation. It's what does it say about us? You know what you feel and what you are. (laughs) Yeah. And I also would say that even in those examples, sometimes in practice, it doesn't really play out that way. So like after I also converted non-Orthodox and after I shared that I converted some acquaintances of mine that grew up Orthodox, their families invited me for different holidays, etc. And they wouldn't have invited me if they fully not consider me Jewish whatsoever. They might still think that maybe I should go through an Orthodox conversion or something like that at some point down, down the line, but it's not that black and white really in, in, in practice. Yeah, we have yeah. to stop judging ourselves in the eyes of others. Otherwise it's a never ending. It's just, where does it end? You know, we have yeah. to know who we are and stand proud. 
Just want to take a moment to tell you about Smashing Life, my Jewish community, and why I love it so much. I literally hang out in there all the time. It is such a special place to connect with like-minded Jewish women and take action and build the life you want on your terms. We have parties, we have socials, we have masterclasses, we have a recipe book, we have all kinds of good things going on there. It's a place to learn Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose and advance you in your life and career. And it's a place to feel totally, utterly, wonderfully you. Here's what Sam, one of our members from New York City, has to say about her experience of Smashing Life. What I absolutely love about Smashing Life is the community. There's just no other group on the internet like it. We get to interact with Jewish women from all over the world. I have made the absolute best friends for life, and now I have a friend in every part of the globe. I mean, what's not to love about that? It's really brought me closer to my connection to Judaism and I just love being a part of this group. Sam is so fabulous so I invite you to join me, Sam and so many other wonderful women. Just head to smashinglife.club and join today. Let's make it about Jew in 2022. I can't believe we've been talking for so long. We haven't actually got onto the conversion process. Now, obviously we don't have hours to go through it. So I'd love to hear in a nutshell from each of you, how long did it take you from start to finish? What was the hardest thing about it? What tips do you have for people who are currently converting? Let's shoot. <laughs> but, you know, with, with some heartfelt, don't feel you've got to rush it, but I do want to sort of really understand your individual experiences. It took me about a year, like just over a year um, for the formal conversion process. Um, and that was just to make sure that I was had a chance to observe all of the Jewish holidays. I really love reading. It's something that like is a me thing. So my suggestions are mostly book related. I got a cedar, like a, a prayer book that matched my synagogues so that I could have it at home. Um, and like read through some of the prayers and just uh, kind of not teach myself the melodies, but at least know the words that were coming up. <laughs> and then I have a few books that were really important to me. Anita Diamant has Choosing a Jewish Life and Harold Kushner has a book called To Life. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel has The Sabbath. And those three books to me um, were some of my big ones, as well as books about like, you know, nuts and bolts about Jewish holidays. Those things during the early parts of my conversion process were very, very helpful and kind of like helping me feel caught up, for lack of a better word. And what was the hardest thing about converting? The hardest thing about converting was something we've, you know, kind of talked at length about was just like coming to terms that like I need to feel strong in this just by myself and not with um like going at it without needing this person or that person's approval just knowing that this is the choice that I am making and you know I do have lots of support and that is fantastic but I don't need everyone's support um that you know I've I've got my people and like I'm forging ahead. Uh, so just coming to like the inner work, I think was maybe my hardest part. Maggie? Yeah, so 
Um, I also second that um, books are really helpful for sure uh, throughout your conversion. But also I would recommend um, digging into YouTube and Instagram and, and following um, different influencers that talk about their experience. Like I feel that's a really fun way to learn more about Judaism. Lots of Jewish educators out there that will explain things like from lighting Shabbat candles, etc. Also, um, I remember finding some songs related to certain Jewish prayers. So I remember finding one for Moda Ani, so the morning prayer, and it's beautiful. And actually, even to this day, I always sort of have that, that song stuck in my head when I wake up. So creative ways of also engaging with Judaism and learning about the traditions is really helpful. And in terms of what's the hardest part of the conversion, I feel perhaps at, at the beginning of the conversion, people start with a lot of energy, learning about new things. And at some point you realize like, well, if I'm going to actually go ahead and complete the conversion, it really needs to feel very authentic to me. It needs to be something sustainable that I can yeah, sustain throughout the rest of my life. Of course, there's changes and it's an exploration that continues even beyond when the conversion finishes, but really trying to find that authenticity so that it's not like you feel like you compartmentalize Judaism to when you go to the synagogue, etc. That it's something that you feel you can bring onto your home. You can share maybe with your friends. You can chat about with different people, and that you see yourself kind of continuing into the future with it. I think it's very important. Thinking like if in the future you decide to have a family, how you're going to bring Jewish elements into, into the home and lots of practical things in that way. I think at some point you sort of realizing, I think at some point in the conversion it happens that maybe you're not quite ready to finish the conversion, but you also cannot think of leaving it behind. It's like, there's no way I can, I'll, I'll leave behind all of this that I learned and all of these new traditions that I and habits that I incorporated into my life. So I think that middle point is probably the hardest, but later on throughout the process, when you get closer to the end, then it starts feeling definitely natural. And my rabbi, I remember mentioning, she mentioned that something, a common thread that she found with different converts is that when they start this Intro to Judaism course, they think of Jews as like you, they, and at some point, during the journey, when you read the word Jew, you start thinking of yourself. Um, oh. it's, it's, it's interesting because you technically are not a Jew. And so I wouldn't have identified publicly as a Jew because I knew I wasn't yet. But it's kind of like this internal voice that at some point it's like, that's me. And that's like a really beautiful mm-hmm. process. And it helps you realize that you're ready to actually complete it, the conversion. Yeah. You mentioned like incorporating like other parts and so like I think like things that you love like find the specifically Jewish thing about that like if you love reading fiction books there's some incredible Jewish fiction or like if you love music so much fun Jewish music in like almost any style that you could possibly want like I have a one of my favorite bands is a Jewish folk band not like folk from Eastern Europe but like from Appalachia which is the yes, region I, I remember you mentioning that that music yeah yes. or like food oh my gosh finding food that you love and one of the fun things about being a convert is that you didn't grow up with a certain type of food so you have the whole like all mm-hmm. Jews do but like you especially the whole of Jewish food is like open to you and there's so many different types of really delicious Jewish food that you could make <laughs> 
And side smashing life reminds me we've got a reading room with all different categories of books. So there are all kinds of Jewish recipe books. There's a special section for converting. And I, I noted down all the books you mentioned just to me. I'm sure they're already in there, but we're going to add them in if not. And then the Jewish fiction and so much good stuff. Yeah, there's so many wonderful elements of being Jewish. So I have to ask you both, what is your favorite thing about being Jewish? I think something I love about Judaism is that I felt like converting to Judaism meant joining a school of thought. So I love that there's some sort of like intellectual humility in Judaism. So the big questions, lots of big questions in life, like what happens after we die, etc. They've always been approached with this intellectual humility and Judaism doesn't prescribe specific answers, sort of more about asking questions and thinking about those, those, those big topics as opposed to having to believe a certain thing. So I feel like I'm honored to join that path of so many beautiful, so many, so many great thinkers throughout history and how the tradition keeps evolving as well and, and Jewish thought keeps evolving as well. And I think something great about being a convert is that you also have fresh eyes, like a newcomer to, to any space. You might find beauty in mundane things that, that born Jews might not see. So it's like a great way to also remind um, people that were born into Judaism of, of all the wisdom, the endless well of wisdom that Judaism is. Yeah, I kind of just want to second that. that <laughs> most of my answer was like very similar uh, when I was thinking about it, like the exploration and the questions and my partner jokes that as long as you can come up with a good reason for why you practice a certain way, then like Judaism is like, yeah, you've good job. You've come up with an answer, <laughs> like a possible answer. But I also, I guess in a very like a more concrete way. I really love Shabbat because for me, I think it encapsulates encapsulating all of Judaism. It's like you get to light some candles, you gather around some food with uh, people that you love, hopefully. Uh, not that you hopefully love them, but that hopefully you get to <laughs> around people. Though that's not every Shabbat. Some Shabbats are pretty mundane. But, uh, and there's Torah study. There's getting to go to Shabbat services. If you want, like with your larger Jewish community, it's just um, it's just a really special time. And oh, sorry, go ahead, Maggie. No, no, I hundred percent agree. I feel um, it's very easy to connect with the concept of Shabbat. Like it's very clear how it adds value to our lives as well. Um, and like, if we think, I always think like if I had the way I would describe Shabbat. The ideal, at least, of Shabbat is like if you were told that you only had one day to live, how would you live it? And actually, if you think of it, you probably would be spending time with family and friends. You wouldn't be immersed in technology or distracted. So I feel like a lot of the proposed or suggested observances for Shabbat kind of come down to, to that ideal of really finding that developing meaningful habits that would add value to our lives. I <laughs> love that. So Maggie and Erin are both inside my Smashing Life community. And just to be clear, it is for all Jewish women. We actually don't do labels. You know, we don't know who's 
converted who's patrilineal who's Jew new Jew old Jew this Jew that Jew we just we just (laughs) don't do that and I want to know you know what role did Smashing Life play in developing your Jewish identity and then sort of second to that do you feel fully accepted into your physical Jewish community in your where you actually live well yeah so for me Smashing Life was incredibly important my mother-in-law knows like smashing life is like I call them my Jewish lady friends. Um, <laughs> it's like you don't I've have to, that. <laughs> but it's just kind of how I encapsulate yeah. like that group because it is so important to me. I reference smashing life all the time, just because the like the diversity of people, of thought, of things that are offered. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I found this recipe from one of my Jewish lady friends or, oh, I know this singer because we like made a playlist and one of my Jewish lady friends added this onto there. It's also just been an incredibly nice place to gather with people. And I've made lifelong friends who I've not even met in person, but they're lifelong friends in Smashing Life. And (laughs) shout out to Sam and Carissa. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible place. And I like always want to be in there. Um, And then I, I do feel incredibly accepted by my local Jewish community as well. I recently had a pretty major surgery and like, there's a caring circle and they brought me food and brought more importantly brought my spouse food I couldn't eat very much at the time but they took care of us during a time um when we couldn't really we were working so hard to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. um, and so like that's just one example of like this incredibly kind very giving community that I'm in mm. it's the essence of, of Judaism for me is that giving kindness um putting good into the world and it, it yeah, it's a love, lovely to hear that that story. How about you, Maggie? Yeah, so for me, I feel Smashing Life also has been very fundamental. Um, I think it's become sort of a habit to scroll, scroll through the group anytime there's a notification. I'm always very excited to go in and see what someone might be sharing. Usually people are asking specific questions. They might have specific doubts or want advice on some very vulnerable personal situation that they like sharing that they are okay to share with the group and it feels like an honor to be able to sort of contribute to that to um, give my advice to see what other people um, have to say and like I said like women from all different corners of Judaism are in there and are sharing their wisdom I think that's really special and yeah I I cannot imagine not having that community and and that habit of, of reading through and and being up to date with what everyone is everyone is doing and in terms of my my Jewish community I also feel yeah really really accepted and definitely part of it I I joined lots of different activities social like we we do lots of of course I I go to services but then also there's a lot of other cultural activities that we do and I also like I mentioned before I I found lots of friends that I initially didn't know were Jewish that when I shared that I'm Jewish then I realized that they they are too, and their families have been super welcoming. Um, they've invited me for for Pesach seders. I actually I found the Afikomen in my <laughs> friend's Pesach seder. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. 
<laughs> it was hard. It was very well hidden. So once I decided to share more publicly with the world, um, sort of the blessings kept coming and, and people reached out to me and they're really welcoming and they invited me to their homes. And I think that's something really beautiful. Like I didn't, my partner is not Jewish. So um, I, my initial connection wasn't through that. So now getting that connection through friends and seeing how hospitable Jewish families are. I actually, when I first joined the synagogue, before I even started the course, I remember joining this like Zoom meeting that one of the rabbis organizes. And they were talking about like what their best memory of Pesach was. And when it was my turn, I was very new. And I said, well, this would be the first Pesach that I'm celebrating. That was like one or two years ago. And I remember someone from that Zoom meeting told me like, oh, like my brother is organizing a Seder. You might be able to come. And yeah, I, I went to this like family meeting and it was really special. Like they didn't know me, but they were so welcoming. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm so pleased we've sort of laughed and smiled and, you know, had a good time through this because Judaism is so joyful. And sadly, you know, what we hear a lot of at the moment and as the time we're recording at the end of 2022 is so much of the bad stuff. And we just celebrate joy and collectively as well we're so empowering and give so much in, in community and that's why community is everything to me and I'm so grateful to have both of you in my Smashing Life community you bring so much and I'm sorry to say your addiction to it is going to get worse have you heard the news that we're bringing out an app in 23 as well with which means <laughs> more goodness but hopefully really convenient stuff like we're gonna have you know you'll never have to google when the Jewish holidays again we'll have like a countdown we'll have really easy access to the recipes we're gonna have amazing messaging and connection opportunities and links to the playlist and it's just gonna be indispensable and I'm so excited for that next next level <laughs> amazing <laughs> Oh, Maggie and Erin, it's been amazing today. I've had the best time with you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your wisdom with everybody. Thank you so much for having us. This was so fun. <laughs>